chapter 5. We started this summer a series through the first 12 verses of Matthew 5, looking at the Beatitudes, attitudes that God said should be in our life. And um, he began this at the near the beginning of his public ministry in the Sermon on the Mount in which he proclaimed um, the foundational truths of his kingdom. And yet, before he got into all those, he dealt with these characteristics, these attitudes that we should have. And, and the arrangement that is given here of these that Christ gave, the first four express our total dependence upon God. We're not going to take time to review, but blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are they that mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. They all deal with this aspect of our total dependence upon God. Then the next three, he goes in and very similar to the Ten Commandments, that that the first section of them deal with our relationship with God. These go in now and deal with our relationship with others and the outworking in everyday life of that dependence upon Him. And we're down to verse 7. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. What does it mean to be merciful? Part of what it involves to be merciful, Jesus is is addressing here, and and this was counterculture to what he was addressing. But it it means to be actively compassionate. It it's seeking to relieve suffering. Someone is suffering. It it may be physical. It may be emotional. It may be financial, but there's an, um, an action taken that seeks to relieve suffering. Mercy is grace in action or grace applied. The Hebrew word for mercy carries the idea of identifying with the sufferings of others. It has the idea of the ability to get right inside the other person's skin until you can see things with his or her eyes, think things with his or her mind, and feel things with their feelings. That's, that's the nature of what we're talking about here. It is, the mercy depends on the character of the person showing mercy, not the person receiving mercy. Merciful means to extend forgiveness. As I said, this goes completely counterculture to what Jesus was addressing at this time. Two main thoughts in Jesus' time. Roman Empire was uh, reigning and ruling over the area Jesus was ministering. And... Um, the Romans did not admire mercy at all. I, I read, I believe it was in John MacArthur's, and I've been kind of interested in this um, whole thing about 
the plagiarism that's taken place and made headlines the last couple of weeks. I've, I've always been told there's nothing new under the sun. Scripture says that, all right? And I, I'm interested in this because I'll read a, a more modern-day commentary, and I'll say, well, that is good, and then I'll go back to an older commentary, and I'll read and I'll think, man, I think I've read this before somewhere. And lo and behold... It was a direct quote in the modern commentary from this old commentary, and I don't fret it. You know, I don't sweat it and say, why? Because there's nothing new under the sun. I mean, you can only say certain things certain ways. I'm not saying that dealing with the plagiarism that we've heard about. I'm saying that if I quoted everybody that you take something from, you'd hear more names than anything else, okay? Um, the reality is they're probably quoting it from somebody else. I think John MacArthur said this, the Romans had no, no kindness to mercy. They, they admired justice. They admired revenge and vengeance. They admired discipline. They admired power and strength. And any thought of mercy to them was a sign of weakness. In the Jewish realm, there were the Pharisees. And they were a merciless group of people that were strictly by the letter of the law. And they were the ones that sought to apply that. So along comes Jesus Christ. He claims to be the Son of God, and he's preaching this weak stuff. Blessed are the merciful. And it is completely counterculture to their time. Do you understand? It's still counterculture to our time because it's counterculture to our nature. We do not naturally give mercy. We there are some people that are are more merciful to certain others. There are some that are um, more merciful to um, certain situations. But the mercy that God is talking about that not only shows pity and compassion, but then seeks to relieve it and and is willing, even when done wrong, to extend forgiveness, this is the mercy that, that Christ is talking about here. Someone has said, grace is getting what we do not deserve. In other words, we do not deserve the forgiveness of God, but in His grace He gives it. Justice is getting what we do deserve, Mercy is not getting what we do deserve. It is God's mercy that we are not consumed. We sang the song, Great is His Faithfulness. comes from Lamentations chapter 3. And, and where the prophet Jeremiah said, It is of God's mercies that we are not consumed. Great is His faithfulness. So, mercy involves withholding what we deserve. A mother once approached Napoleon, 
seeking a pardon for her son, the emperor replied that the the young man had committed a certain offense twice and justice demanded his death. The mother explained, but I do not ask for justice. I plead for mercy. Napoleon said, your son does not deserve mercy. The woman replied, sir, it would not be mercy if he deserved it. And mercy is all I ask for. Well, then, the emperor said, I will have mercy. And he spared her son. Mercy is not something we deserve. Mercy is not something that um, is up to us in receiving. It's up to the one that is granting it. And the greatest mercy that has ever been seen is in God's forgiveness. Every day God shows his mercy to all mankind in many, many ways. We mentioned lamentations. His mercies are new to us every day. Did you request his mercy today for your eyes to work? Did you request his mercy today for your mind to be functioning? Did you request his... All of those things are gifts of God's mercy. We don't have to have all those things. The rain that he sends, he makes it rain on the just and on the unjust. He doesn't send rain because we deserve it. He doesn't give the sunshine because we deserve it. God is, God is a merciful God, as we read from Psalm 136. But the greatest act of mercy ever is that God sent his son into a hostile world. We, as human beings, rejected him, mocked him, spit upon him, slapped him, crucified him. And when he rose victorious, we denied the fact that he did. Why would God send his son But God commit Romans 5 and verse 8, but God showed forth his love toward us while we were yet sinners. We didn't deserve it. We were still in our sins, still in our rebellion to God, and God manifested his mercy toward us. And he offered forgiveness that whosoever regardless of what we've done, regardless of our stature in life, regardless of our history, that whosoever should call upon the name of the Lord should have forgiveness of sins. That's why the songwriter said, "'Tis mercy all, immense, whosoever, and free, whosoever will may come. "'Tis mercy all, immense and free, And in his love, he found out me. The greatest picture of mercy is God's forgiveness. And I trust today you've known where you've come to the point where you realize I cannot do anything to hide, to undo my sin, and I must have Christ's forgiveness, and I call upon him, and that you know the working of God's mercy. And if you're here today and you have called upon Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, mercy to you as a believer is not an option. Throughout Jesus' ministry, often, 
he addressed this. He said in Matthew chapter 18 and verse 33, in dealing with this parable of forgiveness, you remember the account, a man owed a an overwhelming amount to his Lord, and he said, would you forgive me? I'll, I'll go and do what I can to pay. And he forgave all his debt. It was impossible to pay. And then you remember, the man that was forgiven went out and he saw another brother that he remembered owed him a minuscule amount compared to what was forgiven And he went and he said it. He took him by the throat and said, you pay up or I'll throw you into prison. He threw him into prison. And Jesus illustrated this to say to us that mercy is not an option for a believer. We have been forgiven this overwhelming debt that there was no way we could pay it. And we receive it gladly. And yet we go out and we fail to grant mercy to others. We harbor bitternesses. We carry grudges. We look the other way when we could help relieve someone's um, burden. And Jesus said, mercy is not an option for a believer. Freely you have received, freely give. Colossians chapter 3, Paul writing to the believers at Colossae said to them, Put on therefore as followers of God bowels of mercy, that out of you should just flow mercy, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, temperance, forbearing one another and forgiving one. But he says this mercy should just come out of us as believers. Why? Because we have so abundantly received the mercy of God. Do you understand? Everybody needs mercy. Family, your immediate family, the people you live with, they need mercy. Your church family needs mercy. The people you live next to need mercy. The lost need mercy. Years after the death of President Calvin Coolidge, This story came to light. In the early days of his presidency, Coolidge awoke one morning in the wee hours of the morning, and in his hotel room, there was a burglar going through his pockets. Coolidge spoke up, asking the burglar not to take his watch chain because it contained an engraved charm he had wanted to keep. Coolidge then engaged the thief in discussion and discovered he was a college student who had no money to pay his hotel bill or buy a ticket back to campus. Coolidge counted out $32 from his wallet, which he had also persuaded the dazed young man to give back the wallet. He'd talked him into giving it back, and Coolidge took $32 out and declared it to be a loan and advised the young man to leave the way that he came so as to avoid the Secret Service. That's mercy. The rest of the story, yes, the loan was paid back. For those of you, some of you were already wondering, weren't you? Okay. 
Did this guy deserve it? No. That's mercy. Do you understand? Nothing proves that we have been forgiven, have received God's mercy, better than our own readiness to forgive and dispense God's mercy. Nothing proves that we are recipients of God's mercy greater than us dispensing mercy to others. So how do we show mercy? Number one, just begin in prayer. There's, there's nothing better that you can do for someone than to pray for someone. But it begins by, by seeing the needs. So that means we look for needs. I said it begins in our own family. Can you imagine what families would be like if we really showed mercy? Common occurrence in a family that has any children and probably in many cases any dads. Something spills, okay? How many of you already today in your household had something spill? Anybody? Yep, there's a couple hands already. Can you How do we normally respond? Anybody want to act it out for us, huh? Come up here and show us how we normally respond. What were you thinking? It's evident you weren't thinking. When will you ever get where you don't spill or A clear evidence that we've received God's mercy, isn't it? No. Look for needs. Here's a simple little thing like spilling. And, and I understand it's not simple. It, it stains the carpet. It makes a mess. You'd like to have one meal where there wasn't a catastrophe or whatever. And some of you, your days are past that. Some of you are just entering again. Your husband's getting old and senile and can't do things right, right? I can talk like that because I'm entering that, all right? But the reality is, in simple little things, to look and see there's a need here. Is the need to crush them and make them feel like a fool and an idiot? Let me ask you, how well has that worked in your household? It's made everyone say, oh, Dad, you are a wonderful father. God's grace is just flowing through you, Mom. Yes, I'm so blessed to be in a Christian home. No, their hearts are hardening and saying, oh, I can't wait. And over every day, all our lives, we run into people that need mercy. We need mercy. But we have received God's mercy, and God said, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. So it's, it's looking for needs, and then it's doing acts as directed by the Spirit of God. The Spirit, the Spirit of God is so practical and so real, the Spirit of God will direct us what we need to do. 
when the Spirit of God produces good fruit, that when we obey the Spirit of God, it produces love and joy and peace, the things that are often missing in our homes. And do the acts as directed by the Spirit, and do the acts as to the Lord. That means with cheerfulness. You know, there's, there's a point where we can look merciful on the outside, but inside we're just, you know. How many of you have ever been there? And we say, least I held it together on the outside. Yes, we'll give it one point there, okay? But you know in your spirit, it is not good. And the Spirit of God prompts you to do something, and we have all these thoughts that come to our mind. They don't deserve it, and they'll never learn, and whatever it is. You know, we've got, we build up all these things. But to do it as to the Lord and not to men. To do it as to the Lord and not to men. You don't get this. I mean, I'm doing this right now, and I don't want to do what I'm going to do right now. I really don't want to, but I know God's Spirit, and it's not a big thing. But I'm thinking on all this, and we're getting ready for church this morning, and so I'm, Marilyn's busy in the kitchen getting lunch ready, so I'm making our bed. And our bed, Marilyn has a, a lot of pillows on it after you make it. I don't personally see the need for all those pillows. And and so there's times I make the bed and I just leave the pillows on the floor. So I'm making the bed this morning and the Spirit of God, you know, he shows up at the most inopportune times. He said, do it as to the Lord. And I'm thinking, see, this isn't a big thing. If I was making God's bed and I knew he liked pillows on it, I'd put every pillow on it. So if she goes home today and goes in the bedroom, all the pillows are on it. Because all week I've been thinking on this and I'm coming to preach and God goes, let's see you put it into action. I had to. See, that's how practical God wants to get in our lives. And I say all that not, I I say that only to illustrate how practical the Spirit of God is. And the difference it will make. You look them in the eyes, and and I'm not saying this about my wife, so don't, I've split, okay? That's gone. But God burdens you to show mercy to someone, and you look them in the eyes, and you think, they aren't worthy of it, they don't deserve a bit of it. Do it as to the Lord. Put God in there. If God was seated in your home, would you, would you act the same way you're doing it? 
If it was God at the place of business that needs mercy, would do it as to the Lord. He said, blessed are the merciful. Do the acts as to the Lord. Just quickly, when we lack mercy, it produces bitterness, it robs us of joy, and it literally mocks God. We don't realize it, but we as Believers oftentimes take God's name in vain by claiming to be followers of his and being unmerciful in most of our lives. That is a mockery to God. But when we understand mercy, when we begin to understand mercy, it makes us more grateful for God's mercies. You get the power to show mercy from The very realization in your heart that everything you have and are is a result of God's mercy. You've been a poverty of spirit, a brokenness, and and a brokenness over your own sin, and a giving up your own rights, and a hunger and thirst after God, so that you realize anything good in my life is a result of divine mercy, so... God, thank you for your mercy. Tis mercy all. And then it makes us more merciful and patient with others. We must bring the message of God's mercy to the people God's put in our life and and learn to see them as God does. Kingdom servants must reflect in their own hearts the heart of the king. We must be others-oriented. We have received abundant mercy. So it is natural. If we don't cut it off, it's a natural progression of God's spirit that we should show mercy. Just try to imagine, what would our homes be like if we were merciful? And and we're not going to take time, but he says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. And he also says, As you've ministered mercy to others, I will minister mercy to you. I don't know about you, I need all the mercy I can get when I stand before God. That means I better be reflecting his mercy now. And he said, if you grant mercy, he says, I will reward you with mercy. He goes through our attitudes toward God, and now he starts bringing it in to our attitudes of practical living and dealing with others. You know, how is God called you this last week to show mercy? What are situations that came up in your life? We don't know what yet today he'll call us to have mercy. But he says, blessed are the merciful. Freely you have received, now freely give. He says, there's no greater evidence that you are a child of mine than that you let my mercy flow through you. Heavenly Father, I pray 
that we would learn to live in your mercies and that your mercies would flow through us. Lord, we only scratch the surface of this, but we are grateful that your spirit will bring home to our hearts the applications that are necessary. And I pray that you would find in us genuine mercy flowing from us. That you would be exalted and others would be drawn to you. Lord, may we see the needs around us. May we be moved with compassion. And may your mercy flow through us. While our heads are bowed and eyes are closed, you're here and you'd say, Pastor, I have trusted Christ for the forgiveness of my sin. I have responded in receiving his mercy. But God's Spirit has spoke to my heart this morning. I desire to reflect his mercy in a much greater manner than I have. I wish you would remember me in prayer. Would you just slip up your hands that we could pray for you? Amen. Amen. Number of hands. Have you been reflecting God's mercy? Any others while we wait just a moment? Yes. Yes. Amen. You're here today and you'd say, Pastor, I don't know that I've ever received God's mercy. I don't know that I've ever personally called upon him for forgiveness. And I wish you'd remember me in prayer. I'm not going to call your name if I know it. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'll pray for you. Would you just slip up your hand that we could pray for you? I'm not sure I've ever called upon Christ for the forgiveness of my sin. Heavenly Father, I pray today that you administer your grace in just a very personal way in each of these that you've challenged today. And Lord, I pray that they would know the joy of knowing it is your spirit controlling them and not their old flesh. And I pray that they would know the fruit of merciful kindness in their life and that they would see it's a strength, that it is the power of you at work. And Lord, we praise you for your mercy that we are recipients of and for the privilege to be distributors of your mercy as well. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together with our heads bowed and eyes closed. <clears throat> the instrument begins to play.